DJ and PK brought to you in part by Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan, you need to connect with the most referred lender in Utah, Christian Roberts Mortgage. They specialize in jumbo loans. All right. So tell me about Granddaddy. Grandpappy Jeans. What was he a fan of? San Diego teams. He lived in San Diego basically his whole life. Okay. He so. emigrated when he was, uh, the journey that your parents took, he took from England with his mom when he was like, Probably three, I think. So what were we doing? Chargers and Padres? Chargers, Padres, and uh, later Aztecs. But yeah, he actually went door to door uh, with petitions to get the thing on the ballot and get the stadium built and passed in the well, 60s. Then of course, he was, uh, he and was then ask, into it. And door to door asking people if they wanted to know more. I understand that. So he, and had, then, he had some door-to-door experience. Then had the Chargers. And we know why he came to the States. I know you don't want to get into it, but it's okay. And then he had the Chargers season tickets. It lines up really nicely here. <laughs> he's, he's not Italian. There's part that doesn't matter. No. no, no, no. We, we know. And you want to keep it cool because, you know, non-Mormons buy sneakers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Throw a little MJ into the discussion. Hey, it's a good line. <laughs> It is a good line. TV people have to be popular. The only guy in the history of television who succeeded and didn't worry about his popularity was me. (laughs) (laughs) And Howard Cosell. You're one of two. Okay, in Utah. And so he got worn down. But see, I wonder if the teams that he rooted for would have been like the in his day, like when was this? This is shocking, but in his day, he thought the money got out of hand. Good thing he's not with us now. Yeah, and I get some people get upset about that, and I think that's one of the reasons that maybe people have been turned off. But I've always sort of rolled with it. That's why I said there's no losers in pro sports. I mean, I identified that as a young age, so I've accepted that. That's just an ultimate, not a fringe benefit, the benefit. Mm-hmm. To, to literally have zero financial worries is just mind boggling staggering to me when I had a father who worked at 82 years old he was still cleaning schools because he needed the money Uh, so it's impossible for me to comprehend that which is why I don't worry about it because these guys are out paid outrageously the the thing that I absolutely love is when you got a Joe Ingles come on here and say I mean, we're just paid outrageously. <laughs> right. You know, at least so, say it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So at least appreciate it and be grateful for it and stop whining about uh, disrespect and this and that when, you know, and then, that, and then the ultimate insult, it's not about the money. Well, if it's not, that just means you got $50 million in the bank. And so it's about respect and money equals respect. Well, don't play those games with me. So I try to eliminate that. But I wonder if your grandfather, if his team's, would have won at a high, high level if then he would have been still into it and he wouldn't have lost his passion because we see in this very arena uh, older people, Mm -hmm. older women that are just delirious when the Jazz are doing well. And so I wonder for some people if it actually increases as you get older because you get less mobile, you may not have, if you're retired, you may not have as much money. So the Jazz, if you're a shut-in, the, the Jazz end up becoming a, a high form of entertainment and something that you look forward to all 72 or 82 in a regular season because they're playing, and that's the highlight of your day. So I wonder if, for some people, if it means even more as they get older. I think it does. I think it goes, uh, I think for, you're right, I think for some people, 
they focus on it more and they use it as an escape, you know, depending on what's going on in your life. And other people, I mean, obviously you're getting into your 70s. I remember him going to his 50th high school reunion and uh, I saw him a couple days later. I was over at their place. How was he? He goes, not as many of us as there were at the 40 reunion. There are only a few of us hanging on now. And, uh, and he was overselling. A few? At 50? He was overselling a little bit. I, I just think he'd that lost. That would put you 70 years old. I think he'd lost people who were close to that him. That sucks. Yes. But people die in their 60s. I know. And, and so I just think he lost people he was close to. And it was his way of kind of downplaying it, but acknowledging it. And so I think that that kind of, when you got that kind of stuff going on in your life, it either makes that stuff way more important or way less okay, important. And why one person does one and the other, I got no idea See, for the you. difference between me and him, though, if the Padres would have won. Would he have been into it even more? Yes. If they would have won the <laughs> whole thing. And a couple of good teams along the years. Yeah. If they would have won it. He was he was like you in that he liked the competition. He could, on a Saturday afternoon, if I was over at their place on a weekend, on a Saturday afternoon, it didn't matter if it was baseball or Well, you slept football. over when you were 17 regularly, didn't you? Not regularly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little on the busy side. That was more when I was younger. It's not that I didn't go over later, but it was just it was kind of busy. Oh, yeah. What were you doing? You're busy. I mean, well, la-di-da. You know? <laughs> Freaking busy. High school. I ain't got time for you, you old people. I'm busy. I'm... I got my life. <laughs> what ungrateful you-know-what you were. <laughs> Suck. That's the time they needed you the most. You needed. They needed you the most, and you weren't there. I had, I had to go take the SATs. I don't know what to tell you. I had high school That's basketball. three hours. I had high school basketball. Twice. I wasn't going over on Friday. <laughs> On Friday night. Well, Saturday day. It's all about time. You don't have to tell me. Yeah, geez. (laughs) I mean, you people, you know, you run that up the flagpole enough. You'd think you would have actually lived what you preached. You hypocrite. Yeah, pretty much. Holy freak. I feel bad for the Jameses. He could watch anything, though. College football, whatever college football game was on, it didn't matter. He could watch it. Saturday afternoon. One o'clock, he was eating lunch in front of the TV watching the game. With the big screen. Smoking his stogies. Pre-big screen. Yeah. He gave up the stogies. Well, yeah. Wait, that doesn't fit the narrative. Uh, (laughs) Well, yeah, obviously he gave up. I mean, in order to enter, you have, you know, we understand the process. We know that. So he didn't have the big screen, Yach, unlike somebody else we know. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're bored now. You got a playoff game tonight. I'm Why are you so bored? bored? I'm You're, not bored. You're interviewing me about my grandfather's sports watching you habits. Said I got a big TV. He, yeah, see? Thank you. That took right. some time. We expected it more quickly, Yach. <laughs> You're off your game. You're in there analyzing point spreads on the Jazz and the Clippers tonight. Not playing drops that humiliate me. See, Point I, spreads on college football. Let's be oh, is that what it I is? I think okay. your grandfather would have been into it if the Padres, Chargers, I don't know, that college football is kind of... He, he really, actually he got into the Aztecs. He, we had yeah, I know, but there's went. not an ultimate prize right. there to, yes. be, to be had. That's just for the select few. So that's a little bit... You can still have a whole lot of fun. You just win the Rose Bowl this year. Who gives a flying you-know-what what what happens after that? But it's not the ultimate prize. It's not compared as at the pro level. Yes. You win a World Series, you win the NBA ship, that type of thing. So Even after all the kids had grown up and gone off to college, Dad and Grandpa were still going to San Diego State games. They had a good time. And that's great. But you're right. There was no, you know. But it was a different entity. Yeah, it was more... 
what big time school can they get to come in and play him and can they beat him? And so he was going to, you know, see Miami and Oklahoma. And there was a time in his life when they were playing, you know, LA State and San Fernando Valley State and Long Beach, U- Long Beach and Fullerton and UC yeah. Santa Barbara, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So to think that it was kind of like Oklahoma's coming Which here. Which is that far back. I mean, I was living in L.A. when Long Beach had a, te- a team. Jordan yes. Allen was the coach. Right. But I wonder, are our fans here, as you grow older, though, is the passion dissipating and is it morphing more into an activity? Because when I sit in the arena at the start, like tonight, at the game tips off at 8. No, I'm probably a little bit after. But anyway, five minutes before, you just feel the passion. So to me, it doesn't seem like as they grow older that the passion is dropping. It seems to be just as intense, if not more so. Because more so meaning that, hey, we believe this team has a legitimate chance. And that increases your intensity because they're better. This, this, to me, this is obvious. This is the best chance this very season to win it all since the statues. I, don't, I mean, I don't think there's any argument there. There is none. Right. So doesn't that then increase your intensity? So I'm expecting this place for every home game going forward to be absolutely electric. We know they have two guaranteed left, but I think they'll have more than that, certainly. And we'll see if they have it in the next round and whatever. And so, even though you're getting older and life, to an extent, has worn you down, I'm wondering if that's the reason, though, why you're into it more, because you're going to appreciate it more. You have a better understanding. If you're 20 years old, 15 years old, whatever it might be, maybe you don't understand as much that this doesn't come around this often. But here it is right now. It's legitimate. You had the best record in the league for a reason, because you have a really good team. It's not injuries. Injuries did the other teams didn't give you the best record. You gave yourselves the best record. And so by virtue of that, you're really good. And so I think that the way I see it, I can't necessarily get into the winning and losing, but I think people are into it more than ever. And, and then we've had some people who say, well, yeah, the so-and-so's uh, uh, political beliefs. Now, I talked to a former professional athlete this very weekend who grew up here, played college ball here, played at the highest level, and he told me, I am out. I am out. Because? The political stuff. Oh, okay. He said that yeah. I check scores because I live in the community, and he's lived in the community his whole life. And if I said the name, you would absolutely know who the name is. And I don't want to say he startled me, but his passion against it was pretty strong. And saying that he doesn't, he just can't get into it anymore because, and he went right to LeBron. That was his trigger point was LeBron and all the stuff that he said and he just was very very strong but he did he did admit but I do know what's going on I'm wondering though if that is the minority case and all that stuff you can put it aside because this team today literally today has a chance to make a major step towards getting to the NBA finals and that gets you so fired up and the winning and losing, if they lose tonight, it's going to be such a bummer. But if they win, that means they only have to win 
three out of six. They got to play 500 ball, and they will advance to the Western Conference Finals. That's where I think more people are at. Could be wrong. That's what I think. I think the most people are there, but it doesn't seem as overwhelming to me as it did when they were making the runs in the 90s. And maybe it's because this is the first time this team has been a one or a two seed and really had a legit shot. Can you get to the finals? And that was the question perennially. So maybe the hype over seven or eight years. And so if they're able to replicate, maybe not exactly this, but something close to this next year and the year after, it'll get to that level of hype. Really? And it's a a weird year because of the pandemic, so you're not as in as many groups. So maybe the passion is there. But that's over now. But it's but are there people still in groups? There'll be 18,457 people tonight. That's not how many people there'll be in. If you count them, there will be. Count the extras. Okay. So everything is back to normal. I mean, you got to wear a mask, I guess. Uh, is that the rule? But other okay, than but that, it, but it like in your in your life, are people back in the the viewing parties? Do people gather in your neighborhood the way they did? Are there people with flags on their cars? You don't have to gather; just drive them down the freeway. And there were just so many people with flags. Gordon was complaining about it. It looks like a breakaway republic. Are we having a revolution? What's going on? Flags are the big deal? Yeah, just people wearing jazz clothing all day long. So wherever you go at noon, it doesn't matter if you're at the store, you're picking up lunch somewhere. Is everybody geared up a jazz shirt, a jazz jersey, a jazz hat, whatever? Retail places to get the ultra big Nice. Flag That's flag. better. <laughs> See? <laughs> Not in there listening to other shows. I'm just waiting for you to give yeah. me an opening for it. That, no, that was good. I like that. That was, that was Okay, my wife took a picture of a car yesterday. She actually sent to me. I think the license plate was like Jazz Fan. That's eternal. Yep. And she did tell me she was at the nail shop last week. And at the nail shop, all the people in there, she said people, I assume ladies. I don't know that she said they're all talking about the jazz. So she brought now that's anecdotal evidence, right? It's not, but maybe there's more isolated. Of it. Maybe there's more of it out there. It seemed like it. It seemed like then I couldn't go. You couldn't avoid it. How giddy they, are the news anchors? They that's were, my barometer. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's that part of it. The media's changed. People aren't all reading whatever feature or column or, you know, all that stuff kind of tied us together and reinforced the hype. You mean that great piece of the Tribune ran on A1 on Brian Russell growing up? That one. See, that kind of, no, in all seriousness, no, that kind of thing where you really, you really knew players' stories. Do you really know player stories now? I mean, you watch them on TV, so you know some of their habits, you know a little bit of the backstory. Do you need to know them, though? Does that matter? I think it just depends on the person. That's that's an answer. Oh, of course, you know. but I mean, we're talking generally. Do yeah, people because I want think people... to know about these guys' lives. Joe Ingles now he's just basically opened the door. Yes, and I think people that's embrace what he chose and people embrace him because of that. So for a lot of people, and there are other people who can just walk right by it and like, you know, everybody's got something going on in their life. That's what's going on in Joe's. So be it. You know, uh, but there are people who definitely embrace that. And honestly, you're one of them. You love you love people's stories. But if they okay, but if they I don't need it though. If Stockton no, wants to keep his story to himself, so be it. Now Malone, it wasn't kept. Right. It became very public and not all flattering. Yes. Human beings are complex. Right. But B Russ's story was out there. Jeff Hornacek had 
Gordon over, you know, the home bigger than the biosphere or whatever that was. I don't know that one. Oh, you don't? Yeah, he wrote Who something. Who has a biosphere? The, the, remember they did the biosphere down in Arizona? Why it's Arizona. You, why would you have a bias against sphere? No, you're just making stuff up now. Don't try to drag me <laughs> off point. Don't try to drag me off point. What's my bias against sphere? <laughs> you're good at this. <laughs> The Brian Russell story was one of the best stories I ever did. That you fell into. <laughs> I didn't fall into it. Well, a little bit. Stumbled? Use my instinct. Sure. Okay. Go into the school. Le- le- editor says, you're our LA guy. Go down to LA and do a f- A1 feature on Brian Russell. <laughs> oh, okay. So you get on a plane and you got nothing. Hey, he lives in San Bernardino of all places. That's two hours away from where I we, right. we didn't know that San Bernardino would become a punchline years later, but that's two hours from where I was. It wasn't like exactly down the street, so I was panicked. So I make a plane reservation and go down there. And I show up at his school, his high school. Now which I think good. it was literally that's, San Bernardino High. That's good. That's good instinct. I there. had no idea what to do. Nothing. Right, but Zero. going but going to the school is like okay, somebody here is going to know him. So you yeah. got a little bit of logic, although. You still got nothing. You're walking in the door with nothing. Hey, anybody here know him? Literally to the secretary. <laughs> yes, I just show up off the street. You probably couldn't even walk in now. No, you probably couldn't. <laughs> you really, you couldn't <laughs> close campuses. Yeah. And I say, oh, I'm from the Salt Lake Tribune. I'm here. Uh, I gotta get some information on Brian Russell. Oh, come with me. Takes me to a lady that basically raised him. Within 45 minutes, the lady sobbing. Because she had had breast cancer and Brian was paying for all of her treatments and blah, 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 blah. And she had been up to visit many, many times. And ironically, he lived like a quarter of a mile from my house. Literally, literally lived, and I knew he lived in the area because a bunch of people had told me they saw him at the grocery store, at the gas station, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Because he's got to eat food and got to gas up. And so people had told me that. And it ended up being a killer story. And... I didn't win any awards for it. Really. <laughs> but it was a great story. They don't, that's, that award stuff is bogus. They don't even freaking know the background on how to do it and what you need to do to come only up with it. Only certain kinds in TV, only certain kinds of stories can win. You had a chance. There was cancer involved. So that's the kind of story. It can't really be about sports. It's got to be loosely about sports. It was an incredible story TV. about yeah. he and these, uh, these, these teachers and coaches that helped him under the situation. All right, game one tonight. Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. We'll get his thought on the matchups and what he's going to be watching for, and we will do that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The one thing I did not want to see was Kawhi Leonard in the second round for the Utah Jazz. It's not about Paul George to me. I mean, Paul George disappears, and he probably will do it again. To me, it's about a guy that's been there and done that multiple times, and that worries me. The thing that I think that I have a lot of confidence in the Jazz in this series is that the Clippers are going to deal with a scoring onslaught that they have not had to deal with in quite some time. While the Jazz may not have a Luka on their team. They've got the best defensive player in the NBA. They've got a high-level scorer in Donovan Mitchell. They've got high-level three-point shooting. If the Jazz get their open looks and their offense is able to run unimpeded by that Clipper defense, then I think the Jazz win the series, and frankly, I think they win it in six. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Beginning tomorrow at 1.30, the Zone will count you down 
To the start of the college football season, as Hans and Scotty will announce the first selection of the top 60 players in the state of Utah. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Mike, good morning. Good morning, boys. How are you? Good. Mike, we have an important question for you as a guy who played for the Clippers, broadcast for the Clippers, lived in L.A. <laughs> yes. Basketball fan etiquette. Can jazz yeah. fans chant beat L.A. during this series, or that's a <laughs> Laker-Dodger thing and the Clippers and Angels don't get to get in on that? Oh, my goodness. That We battled that for years, right? Uh, being a Clipper Clipper player, I didn't know much about it, right? Like uh, growing up here in L.A. I did grow up in L.A., so maybe 15 minutes away. Uh, but for the last 30 years, I've lived an hour away. So I don't know how to put it in Utah. Geography, I grew up in, let's say, Holiday, kind of, to Salt Lake. And now I live in Provo to L.A., if that makes sense. And so... Yeah, they will forever, the Clippers, be, you know, the the little brother, basically. I could say it in another way that probably wouldn't be appropriate, but, I mean, they are forever going to battle those 17 titles the Lakers have. And I guess if they were to get this far and win it this year, I guess that would be the first, first chance to start to rewrite history or go forward. But, I mean, just think about it. In this town, everybody and their father, and their grandfather, and their great-grandfather is a Laker fan or a Dodger fan. So the Clippers have done well to grab what attention they have, and most of their fans, I think, that have turned are of the younger generation, right, with with some of their players, Kawhi and Paul George. But uh, this is this is a Laker and Dodger town. I think it always will be. Okay, can the Clippers, or have they been able to use that to their advantage in any way? They've tried. You know, they, they've they tried. They've been able to go get a popular coach in Doc Rivers, and they were able to make a great move for a Chris Paul to join a Blake Griffin, who they, you know, stumbled upon as the first pick in the draft, and they had their chances then. Um... But it's going to take more than one title. It's going to take, you know, it's going to take a little bit of a dynasty, almost like a warrior's run to really divide this city. And But they're trying. They're doing their best. You know, they've changed the logos. They've made them more modern. And I don't know. It's it's just, it's almost an unfair fight, right? I don't think they'll ever, ever be able to do it. The Lakers, just look at the Lakers, top 10 players of all time. Like, like the Lakers have... Ten of the greatest twenty players of all time have played for their franchise, and so the Lakers did themselves no favors this year, right? And by the way, PK, it's nice to hear your voice because after last last week's Alema Harrington golf event, I can now put a name with the face. I can now picture you. This is cool. Yeah, you probably didn't recognize how good looking I am. Exactly true, and, and uh, you know. Uh, by the way, DJ talks so authoritatively. I always thought he was the better looking of the two, but now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have visual evidence. Well, that's the great thing about me is my greatness is equal to my humility. <laughs> it should be fun tonight, right? 
Well, I'm curious what you think here. One matchup to watch. One thing to watch for. You could probably watch five things at once. You've watched enough film in your life, enough basketball. But for Jazz fans, give them one thing to watch that will have a major impact on who wins or loses this game. It's hard to just pick one, right? But, but like, the, the, the Clippers have, I mean, they really have length and athleticism at the wing spot. Like, no other team in the league can put on Donovan and Bogey and Joe. So I'm talking about Paul George, Kawhi, and even Nicholas Batum. And so they have three guys, and those three guys I just mentioned are all 6'8". They all have long wingspans. They're all known for their defensive abilities. Uh, I think the Batum thing is overrated, but he is long. And in the NBA, the NBA in the last 10 years loves length, and they love these athletic guys like a Pascal Siakam who they can turn into an offensive player because they have these physical God-given abilities that make them long and anomalies. And so they can put those three guys on the Jazz defenders. And so what you're going to see, I really believe, because the Clippers did this to the Mavericks, is they went to small lineups. And they switched all pick and rolls. They switched all come togethers. Uh, they're they're going to switch any go bear screen and roll action and eliminate the immediate impact of the dribbler. It's my opinion. Um, and so there are teams who tried to do this a little bit to the to the Jazz this year. And for a quarter or so, they they befuddled the Jazz. The Rockets did it once or twice with a really small lineup. Washington gave them fits. Even Phoenix would take Aiton out of the lineup and kind of go small and, you know, have Booker and Mikhail Bridges and these longer crowd or these longer wing to everything and eliminate. You can picture it, right? You can picture Ingles and how much advantage he typically has off a, a Gobert screen set. And, you know, then Joe getting a little advantage going left, which is either a drive and a kick or a lob to Rudy or his little left-handed layup. And so that's, that's one thing to watch for is that small lineup. But to counter that, and the thing to watch for, this is the one thing I would say that really is the key to the series. Other than the Jazz shooting, I feel like Conley, when healthy, will deliver. I feel like Clarkson will deliver and Mitchell's going to deliver because they're that good. If Bogey, Ingles, O'Neal, Nyang, those four, shoot well, let's just say shoot their averages in the series, the Jazz will win. But the matchup for me is Gobert on the offensive end. Whoever they guard him with, if they guard him big with Zubats or if they go small, Ibaka here is out tonight but uh, may be ready for other games. But if they guard him with a smaller guy, or even if they do this switching, I'm talking about Gobert has to roll. He has to roll with authority. And then DJ and PK, he's got to catch in traffic. Catch in traffic, keep it high, get fouled or finish. That, to me is the one key that just has to happen. I feel like the rest is going to take place. The Jazz are good enough, feeling a good enough momentum. They're not going to be bothered too much by the Clippers' length, per se, if Gobert becomes that, that factor. So I'd say that's – I feel like he'll deliver on defense, but on offense, if Rudy is strong and tough and catching lobs and finishing, um, I think that the series swings the Jazz way. So what I'm hearing from you, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, even with the Clippers' length and their ability to cover space and all, offensively from the Jazz, don't really change anything. Keep doing what you're doing. You have to, right? You, 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 can't, you can't reinvent the wheel at this point. There's, 
there's a reason you're the number one record in the league, and there's a reason you played so well, and there's a reason you blow through Memphis. Listen, Donovan, right before our very eyes, is becoming as good as anybody on that other side of the floor. Yeah. Like he is, right? Is Look at his career playoff average. I think it's like 26, 27.5 maybe for his career. That's incredible. That's number six all time in the history of the game for anybody who's played more than, you know, maybe 25 playoff games. And if you go back just the last two years, he's at 33-5. So you can't tell me that in the last two years, those two teams that the Jazz played didn't have defenses designed to stop him too. So I feel like Donovan is not only coming of age, he's there. Right. And whatever questions about his ankle were unanswered last series are now answered, right? He's healthy. He's got to feel that. He would have been the only one who would have been a little hesitant. Okay, can I do this? Can I jump? Can I cut? Those answers are all, those questions are all answered now. He's ready to go. His shot looks unbelievable. And yeah, PK, I feel like they're they don't need to change. There may be a minor tweak or two, right, that Quinn's going to implement to foil, you know, what switches they do when somebody switches the pick and roll you then fake the pick and dive or release or slip the pick so that you always keep them guessing right because if they're just sitting on the screens and waiting up high like they're going to jump out and stop the dribbler from going right or left the guy coming to set the pick if it's gobert it's not always gobert but if he comes he slips that pick two steps before he gets to the pick and all of a sudden the defense then reacts there's a kick in from the weak side and then a quick ball reversal and you got open threes. So the beauty about basketball and the pick and roll, the oldest play in the world, is no matter what, how you decide to defend it, there's a counter for it. So there'll be those little tweaks. But the Jazz are the Jazz, and the Jazz are good enough to win it all. And so we've been saying that all year. If they play well, shoot well, which is their method, then they got a chance and – uh, I think it's so stinking cool to be one of the final eight teams in the league and have a chance. So the two-man game, the pick and roll is ancient, and Jazz fans have watched Stockton and Malone run it. They watched Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer run it. Now they're watching yep. the Jazz run it with Gobert and a whole host of actors. But the thing they've been doing also is where they turn the pick and roll into a three-man game. And sometimes it's a double screen for the the guy with the ball, but sometimes the two people coming to set a screen actually screen for each other and somebody dives the hoop. There's a billion options off it. Is that three-man game and Gobert diving out of that that you just referenced, is there a way for them to use that to go get Gobert an easy bucket once a quarter, really keep the Clippers guessing, which then makes you think, which makes you react slower, which means no matter how athletic you are, you're playing a half step slower than you normally do. Is there something in that three-man game? You mentioned grouping, coming together. Is there something in that where they can throw something at the Clippers that keeps the Clippers off balance? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in, in, in this case, think about it. To prepare for round two, uh, I mean, the Jazz have about the same amount of time as they had to prepare for round one, even though that will whole week off because they didn't know who they were playing in round one. Uh, I guess they've now known for two days, but they would have been preparing for both defenses, right? They, they knew at this point Clippers or Mavs. I will say this in that Mavs series, I was screaming at the TV 
for Rick Carlisle to use Maranovich more because he was effective. That size on those rolls was effective. And poor Luka Doncic. I mean, guys, is that guy any good or what? He's the best 22-year-old in the world. He, he is Larry Bird at 22. He's Magic at 22. He's LeBron at 22. This guy is so far advanced intellectually in his basketball IQ that it's a shame he doesn't have any good players with him. Porzingis is terrible. He can't do anything. Hardaway tries, but he's average. The other cast of characters on Dallas, come on. If you're Mark Cuban in Dallas, don't you trade the farm and every future draft pick you have right now to go get a wing scorer to help him. Go get Bradley Beal. Go get some wing scorer to help. Luka is that good right now. No draft pick you get is going to catch up to the level of uh, a Luka Doncic. And so the NBA's changed, right? You, you draft guys, you develop them. The NBA is kind of like win now. Brooklyn's proving it. The Lakers proved it last year. The Jazz are like this old school, great franchise that's so successful because they're so well coached and they draft so well and they develop so well that they're competitive every year, that they do it in spite of being able to get a high draft pick or a significant free agent yet. The trade for Conley's brilliant. The bogey get is awesome. You've got to say hats off to the Jazz. Now let me bring that whole Luka thing up is because I was just screaming for Marjanovic to get more time because he needed another option in there. Basically, he was playing one on five. So it's a long way of answering, yes, Rudy's roles are important. Again, he's got to catch and be strong. But, yeah, whatever preparation Quinn can do. Uh, when I was Clipper broadcaster, they kind of developed this little double high screen for Chris Paul. And so Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan would come up. If you can imagine this, they would come up the lanes. So they had corner shooter, corner shooter, Chris Paul 35 feet away straight up. They would bring up DeAndre and Blake Griffin up the side of the free throw lane. They would come to the top of the key and almost form a little V. So now they're setting a screen right and a screen left at the same time for Chris Paul. And Chris Paul would dance and then choose one way and then they would alternate which one would roll. So sometimes the strong side guy, whichever way Chris went, that guy would roll, and the other guy would go to the top of the key and be the facilitator, or they would reverse it, which worked really well when they would throw the ball to Blake at the foul line because he was such a great deliverer on lobs and kickouts. So there's, there's many things you can do when you involve a, a second picker. Those second picker can be in line, too, horizontally across the court. Here comes Gobert. He rolls. Now... Conley's going left. He's got a little advantage, but they switched it. He's got a big defender. Boom, here comes the wing shooter to set the next pick. And so it's it's going to be fun. I mean, you talk about chess match. And, you know, Tyron Lue's got a championship. So he's one of seven coaches in the league. He's got a title. So he's he's no dummy on the other side. But a lot of faith in Quinn and Alex and their staff and what they'll do. And, you know, I can't wait. Although I'm stuck in California, what the heck? <laughs> we, 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 should be, we should be live in you know, a pregame and a postgame. I know we can't compete with the National for the actual game, but, man, that would be fun to get, get people watching a little Mike and Alema pregame and Mike and Alema and Thurl and Bowler postgame. And... Anyway. I hear you. I digress. 
Are you are you ever in fear that you ask me one question and I go too too long? No, we go to ten o'clock. <laughs> it was like nine fifty eight. I wouldn't. <laughs> but but at eight fifty, I'm okay. We got time. We'll roll with it. We'll adjust. I assume that this is going to be a long series. The Clippers got Paul George, and they got uh, Kawhi Leonard, and they've played three playoff series, and they've had a six-gamer and two sevens. So I assume this is going to be long. It's the only thing they've done is play long series. Are you assuming this is six or seven? I do, yeah. I do, yeah. The Jazz are good enough, and I would think Vegas has the Jazz as the favorites. I don't like know those things or look at those things. You guys might be aware of those things. Uh, I think home court's going to be a huge part of this series. Uh, to this point, they have not opened up Staples Center uh, like they have Vivint, and I know we're going to increase capacity uh, for round two, so the place is going to be rocking. That's, you know, that's five points a home game, in my opinion. Those things matter. Those things really help your ancillary players. So call them your non-superstars. You know, George Nyang and Royce O'Neal, uh, Bogey, those guys are going to shoot with greater ease and flow under the home confines than they might on the road. And People say, oh, come on, Mike, those are pros, and it doesn't matter where they play. But, yeah, it kind of does matter a little bit, not to the stars usually, but to the other players. Sometimes that's just that extra little boost of confidence they need and, that little roar of the crowd, the anticipation, that awe, that collective awe in the air when the guy's open for three, the ball swung, and here's Yang pulling up, and you can just hear that crowd. It almost helps you hold your follow-through a little better. I know that sounds almost too analytical and too deep, but it's actually true. You can feel it. Um, And the Clipper Stadium is not... You know, I don't know how many they've had, but I see a lot of paper cutouts on one side of the floor, which to me is super odd that the way they've configured their stadium for this minimized seating doesn't have the actual fans on the side that the camera would show, because that would look like there were people there and maybe feel like a better advantage, but but I don't know that they've made any announcements for, you know, their two home games in three and four if they're going to increase capacity, but I think six or seven. For sure. I think you're spot on. Well, as always, we appreciate the time, Mike. We're sorry you're stuck in California, but you don't have to go to the beach and make the best of it. (laughs) It is nice weather here, but you got nice weather this time of year. It's colder here, that's for sure. You guys are, what, 9 o'clock there? It's probably warming up to 85 degrees, right? And here it's still 55. Ocean breezes, you got them. It's now yeah. 77 in my location on the phone. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's, let's, go get, let's go get game one. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's the tone. Well, if Quinn puts me in, I'll do what I can. <laughs> Same here. I'll be cheering from afar. All right. Thanks, Mike. Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Andy Bailey, NBA Analyst and Writer for Bleacher Report, is coming up in about 10 minutes. Stay with us. The Big Show, the Big Show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
Joining us now, jazz forward George Niang on the big show. So how do you slow down the combination of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Jeez, Gordon, you want me to email you the scouting report? You're asking me some brilliant <laughs> questions right now. I'm just kidding. I mean, those guys were tremendous in their last series, and they're really good players. Obviously, it's going to be a collective group effort to slow those guys down. And you guys mentioned their bench. They have a full squad that can get it done, and I think it's going to take a collective group effort to slow those guys down. They can't let those guys linger around. And if they're not playing well, you got to continue to throw haymakers and knockout punches and look to build your lead against them. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Davis Vision Summer LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision to Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. Jazz and the Clippers tonight. Game one. You take anything away from the Suns and Nuggets game one? Yeah, Chris Paul looked really good. And they're going to be a tough out. And Denver, I admire their competitive spirit. But they're down two starters, two backcourt guys. And this Campazzo kid is a tough kid. 30-year-old rookie from, what, Argentina? Uh, and so I appreciate his ability and all. But you're going up against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So good luck with that. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, Jamal Murray can make a difference. Uh, obviously, we saw it. You know, in the bubble may have been inflated, but still, he's still a good player. So I picked the Suns all the way. And if Chris Paul, he was 6 for if 6 Chris in Paul's, the fourth if quarter. If Chris Paul's healthy, and, and apparently it's nerve damage, not structural damage to his shoulder. So he gets hit right on it. He gets a stinger. Stings, yeah. And so he gets a stinger, and he got hit on it in the first quarter, and he didn't score in the first quarter. But that whole thing they were talking about in the previous series about, you know, does he have the strength to shoot three-pointers? Can you play off him? Because if, if you can, it's going to mess up their whole offense. But he had the strength playing the game. He hit two of three. So whatever that nerve thing was, you know, the fact that it's not some cartilage, ligament, you know, cracked bone, you know, all the things it could be. That it's not that structural thing, that it's a nerve no, thing. Frank Job is not going to operate on him. In a in a weird way, that's, I guess, good news. It's great news. He was he's six gonna, for six in the fourth quarter. He's, yeah. And, so, and he looked like Chris Paul. Right. So if he's 100%, then the Suns are heavy favorites in this And Aiden has come into his own. He's getting it now. I think so. Which is, this is his the third season. The ability to focus, the ability to produce... Yeah. Quarter after quarter, half after half, game after game. As opposed to the whole roller coaster thing you were telling us about. He's up, he's down. Today I'm going to turn on the radio and they're going to bash on Aiton for a couple hours because yeah. he sucked the last two games. But that doesn't seem to be happening anymore. He was anymore. A, an Oster tag times 50. But it's clicking now. Because his ceiling was much always much higher. and But the inconsistency was wild. And, now, and, and he's doing it without being the big-time focus. They're still, and really, that's the way the game is now. And if you, know, if you have Booker, I can understand. You're still perimeter-oriented, but he's still managing to stay intense, knowing that you may not get a touch for five times, but so what? Mm-hmm. You're still integral. We need you. And so I think Chris Paul and Monty Williams, has gotten, they've gotten the message through, and so he ends up with a 20-10. and 10. Yep. And, and so he's on, basically on playing Jokic even. Nine of his 13 shots, he made nine of his 13, and he had both his free throws. 
Right. He's never going to be, a, at least now anyway, a high-volume shooter. But don't drift mentally. Right. But when you see Gobert and Ayton and anybody else in that role, 9 to 13, really efficient, 20 and 10, you're having an impact on the game. Absolutely. Yes. And the ball doesn't have to go through you. You're getting it on very few touches. So, Yes, if they should advance, they're legit. And they're going to be, if the Jazz should advance, they're going to be hard to beat. Now, if the Jazz don't advance and the Suns advance, and I'm going to pull for the Suns all the way. It's a fresh story. It's a great story. On many levels, it's a great story. Andy Bailey, NBA analyst and writer for Bleacher Report. Next, Jazz Clippers Game 1. We'll get his thoughts, his picks next. Stay with us.